Welcome to the Council for Unplugged podcast. I'm Larry Dorman of Council for the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. We are proud to represent 30,000 workers in the public and private sectors across this great state. And with me, of course, is my co-host from Council for Renee Hamill. How are you, Renee? I'm doing great. Hi, everyone. Good. We have an excellent show planned today. Our guests are none other than the Lieutenant Governor of the state of Connecticut, and she is Susan Bysowicz, of course. Susan, it's great to have you. Thank you so much, uh, Renee and and Larry, for having me. And uh, thank you, Harold, for joining us as well. And Harold is also Harold Brooks, and he is the president of AFSCME Local 3144, the New Haven Managers Union. And Harold, uh, a resident of New Haven, he is also co-chair with, uh, along with Marsha Tullock of Local 269 of our AFSCME Council for Civil Rights Committee. So thanks, everyone. And we're going to get right to it because we have an important topic to discuss and a topic that's actually a subject that's become even more important, I think, in the midst of this pandemic, and that's the 2020 United States Census. So, Lieutenant Governor, um, I'd like you to kind of take it away and and frame for us the importance uh, of the census. Thank you so much, uh, Larry. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity and also appreciate all of the great work that AFSCME does as a labor organization, and of course, all of the frontline essential work that uh, AFSCME members do for our state. And I think we appreciate now uh, more than we ever did the frontline uh, workers uh, in our state. So thank you, AFSCME members. And um, we are here to talk about something that is critical to every family in the state, and that's census 2020. So every year, the federal, uh, every 10 years, the federal government counts each person uh, in our country. And uh, that means we count every person who lives here. It doesn't mean we count every citizen. It means we count each person uh, who lives within our borders. And um, I wanted to bring that up right at the beginning of this conversation because Um, The current uh, federal administration uh, launched an initiative to try to include a citizenship question on the census, and that was a controversial issue last summer, and the Supreme Court finally decided uh, that that question should not be included. So um, I wanted to bring that up at the beginning because I think it's important for people to know that the census is safe to fill out that no law enforcement agency, local, state, or federal will use people's personal information or get access to it, um, and that the census is important. And it's important for two reasons. First, it's important because it helps determine our representation in Washington, how many Congress people we have in our state, uh, and it also determines our representation in Hartford at the state legislature. And when our state legislature and the United States Congress receive this information from the Census Bureau next year, uh, in the beginning of the year, they're gonna begin to redistrict on the basis of how many people live in each town and each city in our state. So um, the census is our voice. It's just as, it's, it's just as basic as our vote. Um, in order to have a voice, each of us have to stand up and be counted and show 
uh, our state leaders and our federal leaders who we are and where we live. So that's number one. But it's also important from a financial standpoint. Um, last year, our state received $11 billion based on uh, census figures. This um, coming year and the next year, we will probably be receiving much more because our federal disaster relief is based on how many people that live in our state, hospital funding, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, Pell Grants, federal um, school lunch and breakfast programs, Head Start, community development block grants, road and highway projects, energy assistance for seniors, um, uh, student loans. Um, I'm sure each person who's listening has already heard one or more of the 55 federal programs that are based on census figures. Each of, each of our families relies on one or more of them. Um, because everybody as they age has Medicare. So many families have um, students that are gonna go to college and may be needing student loans or Pell Grants. Um, and we have thousands upon thousands of uh, children right now that are receiving federal school lunch and breakfast meals um, as a result of our census figures. So that's why it's important to stand up and be counted. And for each person that we miss we leave, we forego $2,900 each year in federal funding. So this is a big deal because if we miss one child, then a school system like New Haven's, Harold's for example, mm -hmm. loses out on $2,900 um, times 10 or $29,000 over the 10 year period until we get to the next census. And that infant to five age group is the most likely to be undercounted. And so um, that's why what AFSCME is doing here today to encourage your members to fill out the census is so critical. And we've been proud to have AFSCME uh, as part and Jody Barr as part of our statewide uh, complete count committee along with Sal Luciano, who represents the AFL-CIO, and our union brothers and sisters are uh, 220,000 strong. So imagine the impact of all of the 220,000 members, including your 30,000 members, making their voice heard by standing up and being counted, and by voting, I may say. Absolutely, absolutely, Renee. Yeah, thank you so much for your uh, extensive um, explanation of the significance of the census and uh, how the resources are tied to a lot of our livelihoods. Um, so Harold, uh, the Council for Council for as a Civil Rights Committee, which you are co-chair of, um, we'd like to know how your group came to decide that supporting the census was an issue that uh, the Civil Rights Committee would take up. Well, one of the things that uh, we felt as a committee, it was important for us to do a number of things for the community, uh, specifically for workers and workers' rights. And we know, as uh, Lieutenant Governor just said, a lot of the resources that come from the federal government all depends on uh, who's actually represented uh, and who actually 
uh, is been accounted for. And so with that being said, we thought it'd be good to lift up the voice for every single worker, whether unionized or not, uh, and particular uh, people of brown and uh, black uh, communities uh, to ensure that their voices uh, are heard um, and to get the necessary resources that are um, necessary in order to keep our communities afloat and keep our communities uh, thriving. So that's one of the things that, uh, which drove the uh, decision and to really take part in the census. Great, yeah, it's an important issue and we need um, groups like yours to step up and be involved in this. So um, as a state, where are we now with returns uh, for completion of the census? Lieutenant so Renee, Hall. thank you for that, that question. And it changes every day. So what I, I would encourage any of your members or any member of the public who's interested to look at the US Census response rate map every day at three o'clock because it changes every day. So as of uh, today, uh, May 13th, we were at 62.3% um, of our households had filled out the census. Uh, and we are leading the entire New England region. So we are um, first among all the seven states and Puerto Rico in terms of having the highest number of households that have filled out the census. So having said that, and I'm glad we're, we're leading in our, in our area with 62.3%, having said that, we have 37% plus households that still need to uh, fill out the form. And now is a really good time to be thinking about it because the United States Census Bureau has mailed paper forms. Those are the traditional ones that people think about. Um, and so people may have them in their mailboxes, sitting on their dining room or kitchen tables, and we want them to fill them out. Or we would like people to go online at US Census 2020 and hit the green button. It'll take you five minutes to fill it out. It took me about five minutes for my family uh, of three. And you know, to Harold's point, why is this a civil rights issue? This is a civil rights issue uh, because our biggest cities, sadly, uh, are the hardest to count. And hardest to count communities are communities where we have a lot of immigrants, we have communities of color who may not have heard that the Supreme Court didn't include the citizenship question, who may just be afraid because of the climate of fear uh, that we have with respect to immigrant communities in our country. Um, and so uh, we need help. Um, while our statewide average is 62.3%, Hartford thus far has a 39.5% uh, return rate. Bridgeport is at 439 New Haven is at 45%. Waterbury at 46 um, Meriden at 58.6, Stanford at 58.8. Um, and so we have a lot of work to do. 
Um, some of our communities who have very vibrant uh, complete count committees, I want to give a shout out to, um, you know, Meriden with 58%, Middletown with 62.1%, Bristol's at 66%. Uh, so uh, what we find is if mayors, first selectmen, legislators are engaged and there are complete count committees that they've created because we have 156 complete count committees that have been created across the state. If those committees are engaged, you tend to see a higher response rate. So we're trying to up our response rate, particularly in our um, large and medium-sized cities. I just want to add to that, that one of the things too that uh, concerns the uh, Civil Rights Committee is that within 2010, approximately 1.5 million uh, Black and Hispanic residents were not accounted for. And, and that's a lot of people. I think some of the estimates from the Urban League or Institute estimates that between 1.1, uh, 1.7 million uh, residents, uh, Black residents and 2.2 million Latinos were underrepresented. Uh, and so we want to make sure that in this census that we bring those numbers uh, down in terms of uh, folks actually applying. And so we're reaching out to churches, we're reaching out to communities. And unfortunately, before this COVID-19 hit, we were planning on reaching out to schools and getting some of the seniors and uh, college uh, students involved. Uh, we're gonna probably find a way, we're meeting hopefully this weekend to kind of like redevelop some plans on how we can best do that. Yeah, so Harold, you know, you bring up a really uh, great point, which is a lot of our uh, complete count committees were working and New Havens was created in January of last year. Bridgeport had one of the first ones. Theirs was created in December of 2019. Um, and it was our statewide committee, uh, which includes um, the National um, Association of Latino Elected Leaders, NALEO, the NAACP, um, a lot of the black sororities have taken this up as well um, as an issue and they are part the the YWCA um, and organizations that represent um, immigrants like Iris in New Haven are part of our um, are part of our effort. But a lot of these organizations and and faith-based communities came up with, strategies that involved lots of people, you know, yes. people gathering at parades, festivals, in church basements, after services, you know. Um, and so we have to rejigger and tweak and come up with other efforts given what we've got going um, with COVID and given social distancing. So this is a really good time to be thinking about it because the Census Bureau has put forward at the federal level a revised schedule. So they've asked Congress if they can have until October 31st to do their counting, and then they would like to submit their results to the president and to Congress next year at the end of April. Um, and I'm it, Congress, I do not believe has formally approved 
that schedule. But under this new proposed schedule that the Census Bureau has put out in reaction to the COVID crisis, they are proposing August 11th as the date when they will begin with the appropriate PPE and social distancing, the door knocking and grassroots enumeration effort. See, I think we should be very clear that the response rate that we have so far is mainly people responding online or people calling the 800 number um, and does not include a lot of the paper um, questionnaires that, that people have sent in or have sitting in their homes that they haven't filled out. Um, so uh, this is a good time to really remind people how important the census is and why it's important to fill out. True, true. And you are listening to Council 4 Unplugged. I'm Larry Dorman, along with Renee Hamill of AFSCME Council 4. Our guests are Lieutenant Governor Susan Beiswicks and AFSCME Local 3144 President Harold Brooks. We are talking about a critically important issue, which is the 2020 U.S. Census. And Harold, I'm going to ask you a question, and Renee will be asking the Lieutenant Governor a similar question as we, we close out the program. But we are, of course, in the middle of, of a pandemic and it's continuing to play out and certainly want to thank the Lieutenant Governor and the Governor for their responses um, in, in the many things that they're doing to, to help frontline workers throughout this crisis. But Harold, my, my question for you is, um, for our members, you, you're, and you're the president of a, of a large local union in New Haven, for members who want to have conversations about the census, and it may not be at the workplace because of current circumstances, but on a Zoom call with family, with friends, however that conversation takes place nowadays. Um, from your heart, what would you tell your coworkers um, about the census and what would you encourage them to do? Why is it important to you and why should it be important to your coworkers and your friends and family? One of the reasons why we find this important is because it determines the representation, as Lieutenant uh, had said earlier, it depends, uh, it, it determines the representation in uh, Washington as well as in our state uh, legislature. And it, it also deals with the redistricting of uh, voting lines. And, and oftentimes when we find that communities have been redistricted, um, there's a low turnout of minority voters and, and their voices are not heard. And, and on the, the other side of that coin, it, it becomes an issue where uh, there's a problem with the distribution of wealth. There becomes a problem with policies being set. She mentioned earlier about Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, and so a lot of those policies and uh, benefits um, people of color use. Uh, but if there is a minimal part of, of people not responding to the census, chances are we can lose some of those benefits. And so I'm encouraging our members uh, family, I'm encouraging people to really consider uh, filling out the census, talking to everyone that they know that they should fill out those census so that uh, it's heard, their voices are heard and they are counted. So I, I, I think it's important. It's, it's the civil rights issue, I think, of this generation, considering the Democrats and the Republican agenda uh, in Washington right now. And, and I think our voices need to be heard with regard to a lot of policies being set um, and just in terms of 
uh, the federal dollars that are going to come into our cities that's going to help our communities particularly. Thanks, Harold. So we have one more question. Um, you know, AFSCME Council 4 has 30,000 members across the state, and those members have a lot of connection and networks of their own. So if um, we want to encourage our members to have conversations with other people about the importance of the census and filling it out, what um, would you suggest for them to speak about in terms of their conversations? What are the main points you would like for them to hit, uh, Lieutenant Governor? Well, um, Renee, thank you so much for that question. And I uh, feel blessed to have so many active AFSCME union members who I know not just because they are AFSCME members and frontline workers uh, who do great work for the citizens of Connecticut every day, but I know them because they serve in elective office. They are community leaders. They are active parts of the faith community. They belong to uh, a church or a synagogue. Um, and so I'd ask each of your members with their own large personal um, network to reach out on so social media platforms, to reach out um, person to person um, because so many people in our state are struggling. We've had almost 500,000 unemployment filings that have been made in our state. And as a result, having um, about 20% of our workers unemployed, every family knows people who've lost their job because of the pandemic and this economic catastrophe. Um, and uh, SNAP benefits, um, federal school lunch and breakfast programs are more important than they've ever been because more people in our state are relying upon them. And so I can't think of a more important moment to engage uh, family, friends, and neighbors in this critical exercise, which means um, federal dollars for programs every family relies on, whether it's Medicare, Medicaid, Pell Grants, SNAP, federal school lunch, community block grants, um, all of those are, are critical to um, our state. So thank you for helping us to uh, engage your members in this really important conversation. Thank you. And I want to thank my co-host on Council 4 Unplugged, Renee Hamill. I especially want to thank Lieutenant Governor Susan Weiswicks and AFSCME Local 3144 President Harold Brooks. I'm Larry Dorman, and you have been Unplugged. Thanks for listening. As always, thanks for listening to our Council 4 Unplugged podcast. You can find us on all major social platforms by searching for Council 4 AFSCME. Our website is council4.org. My name is Larry Dorman, and you've been Unplugged.